fly list. Um, well, as, as far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of the No Fly List where we talk to comedians, artists, and other interesting and cool people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama. And today we had such an awesome guest. I know I say that every time, but really I pulled in a mama this time. I brought someone on that I didn't really know and we became we all became really good friends at the end. So Artie's Hawk, she is she does it all. She is, first of all, a boxer. She is yeah. a writer. She's done short films. She's done music, music videos. That Sabine, our friend of the show, our great friend Sabine Sadiq, past guest, was on. She um, worked with RT, and it turns out RT and I were following each other on Instagram. And then I was looking at her stuff, and I was like, who's this really cool, badass person? And then um, we started DMing. She's like, oh, yeah, I started following you through Sabine, and she's one of my favorite people. I was like, amazing. Any friend of Sabine's, I'm sure, is going to be really cool. And I was just excited for um, us to hear about her kind of different background and non-conventional or unconventional, I guess, um, uh, take on, like, dating and career and everything. Yeah, it was, she's so cool. She had such good energy. We talked a lot about like being in interracial relationships and also just like creating your own path, which I know is such a common theme on this podcast, but it's so cool when someone's done it successfully. So I think, and like she grew up in um, Detroit. So there's just so yeah, many. Yeah, like- she's um, half Lebanese, half South Asian, which a lot of people don't really understand the difference between like Arab and Desi culture, which she's basically you and I. In one she person. is. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why it was also such a fun convo. Cause it's like, you can have like, she understands you and me and like that combination. And even though there's overlap, I think it's people don't really understand that just being Muslim is this, it's not, it doesn't automatically make you Arab and being like whatever, you know? So it was cool. Just um, kind of talking about the, different cultures, even though they overlap in a lot of ways, like Arab and yeah. Desi culture, but um, they're also very different. Or when we, well, we get into that more with keeping up with the Caucasians. <laughs> yes. Um, oh my God. Yes, we will. But yeah, this is such a great episode. She's so fun. Um, and yeah, I think we should get to our first segment, the no fly list. Yeah. No fly list. Yeah. So this is a segment where we talk about people who we think belong on the no fly list instead of innocent brown people like ourselves. (laughs) It's our shit list, if you will. So Amama, who do we have this week? Um, this week we have the NRA. Yay. Have they not been on already? I Maybe feel like, they have, yeah. but they deserve a special announcement because yes, there's been like recently. multiple mass shootings and they're still like, guns are our best friends. And it's like, look, you can have your guns, but we need actual gun control. Like we cannot let everyone get one. I think Yeah, next my- thing you know, they'll be like, hey, shoppers, just carry gun. Dude, this is what happened. Um, if you remember three years ago, I was in Alabama on Black Friday at the mall and there was a shooting that happened. And between like two people, two guys, and then all the shoppers pulled out their guns and then the the policemen like got confused. Like they didn't know who to like shoot at because everyone just pulled out their weapons. That is insane. (laughs) Oh my God. Why do you have a gun at the mall? Why do you need a gun? Cops just want to shoot people. So they were probably like so excited. They're like, everyone has guns. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is all like a probable cause, you know? Um, But it's insane. First of all, like, yeah, if you're against gun control and if you're the NRA, you're definitely on our no-fly list. I'm sure we're on yours, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the point is, like, that's insane to me because do you know how many hoops you have to jump through to just prove that you can be vaccinated and, like, the all the background stuff and checking off, like, doing a screening? Meanwhile, you can walk into any place and just, like, get a gun. Yeah, and also, like... Um 
it's yeah, you could get a gun anywhere. And literally, like when I was in Arizona, like five years ago, um, this guy, I like just jumped in someone's car so I could go to the Grand Canyon, real safe. But this oh, dude God. was like, <laughs> she, he was like, there's like drive-through gun things like oh my god i was about get, to make a joke that you could go through the mcdonald's and get a yes, get it literally like, there, i was kidding and also get there was a gun a one there was one like we had to stop and get out of the car for food because i was like i really need like food and then he was like look you can actually just go like drive through and like grab like things for guns and it's like that's insane but we're also making really it way funny. too accessible also I forgot if this was in Texas. It sounds like it would be in Texas or Florida, but there was like a, a gun range inside of a bar. It was like a bar slash gun range. And I'm like, <laughs> real like mixing really? two things like, that you shouldn't. Oh, it's like, we're just asking for it. We're just like, yeah. So NRA definitely belong on the no fly list. Um, but this is the good no fly list. And um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this week's episode and yeah have fun with Artie's hack hi Artie hi how are you so I had no idea how to pronounce your name so did I it's my last name is uh you did you got it right it's Artie is hack I know how to say that I was like that's that's an Arabic name Arabic for Isaac where are you from so I'm actually I'm from <laughs> um, my mother's womb. Um, no, I'm actually from originally <laughs> from Detroit, and um, I'm biracial. So my dad is Lebanese, and my mom is Indonesian. So my last oh, nice. name is Arabic, but it's an Indonesian spelling of it. Um, so that is why people get confused when they're like, "What are you?" I know how to pronounce your name, <laughs> but it's not spelled the way it would be if it was translated from Arabic. Yeah, um, and that's why. Oh, that's so dope. Also, um, I was gonna say Detroit. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, originally grew up in uh, Hamtramck, which is like on the north side, um, and then eventually moved to Chicago after after university. I went to Western Michigan, so um, just kept moving west. And now here we are. Um, you all are based out of New York, right? Yeah. Yes. So wait, well, you're in? Where are you right now? Chicago. Chicago. Okay, right, because you know Sabine, who's our friend yes. our mutual we love Sabine she's uh yeah close friend of ours and she's been on the pod and I was like RT I don't know why like or how we followed each other but I'm glad we do you seem really dope I want to have you on the podcast and then when you mentioned Sabine I was like oh my god of course <laughs> like our, our favorite, yes, on, one of our favorite people for sure so like we got Instagram talk is to my favorite oh it's yeah, so good so for connecting like- friends Yes. And just like uh, um, a bunch of like, you know, my dope brown femme friends have dope brown femme friends. And I was just like, follow, follow, follow anyone oh, who I, I was that. like thinking who was an artist. You know what I mean? Like we got to support each other. So anyone who I see is like in a similar line of work might be like have crossover identities. I'm just like, just hit the follow button. They're going to do yes. something one day that you're going to want to see, you know? Or collaborate with. It's like, it's like a, such a or cool community. Just create this network. I mean, that's why we have the podcast and it's an excuse to like talk to cool people like yourself and, and, uh, you're a woman of many talents I heard. Uh, so Sabine told me that she was in a short film and a music video that you <laughs> made, wrote. And also I saw that you were a boxer and I was like, oh my God. Okay. I need to know this person. Yes, I um, notoriously do 10,000 things. And then when I'm like, no, no, no more things. I'm like, okay, but we're just this one thing. So I'll, I'll just do that. <laughs> Wait, what's your sign? Um, I just feel... It, I love that we I'm always a Virgo. talk about... <laughs> a Virgo. Interesting. Interesting. Mama, you can tell me more about that. Oh, I... wait. Are, are, are you, you born in August? September. Se- September. Okay. Um, One of my best friends, he's a Virgo. Um, and... He does not do 10,000 things, but he is, he's like a really gifted musician, but he's also a comedian and a writer. So I guess he does 10,000 things. Whoa, you just said that's, that's three things minimum. That's like a lot of things. That um, is, that's a lot. Yeah. I've seen, like, I just, I feel he's like, lazy I don't know. sometimes, <laughs> but you're, you don't Sorry. seem like that. Yeah. But, um, I, I, mm, I'm selectively lazy. I would like to say that that's the case. Um, well, we're selectively I, motivated. That's true. <laughs> Good. We're a perfect pair then, um, or trio, I should say. But I do think like in an industry where people in the creative field really want you to do one thing, they want you to have like that one thing that you do. And that is just so not the way it is it's for so most hard. of my friends. 
Um, mostly because, you know, like we want to be in control of our own narratives. So we have to kind of take up the, the writing, directing, producing aspect of it. Exactly. Um, We have to be in all areas because we can't all just be in one aspect of it or one level. There's room for everybody and there's room to create and bring other people on board. And, you know, if we don't think about that and we keep thinking from the scarcity mindset of like, Oh, another like Brown woman, or I feel like, you know, threatened by this instead of, thinking right. of ways to collaborate, then all we're doing is just, beco- you know, perpetuating that and exactly. you're keeping all of us down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so curious though. So like what got you into like music and wanting to direct? Like, was it like a, like a passion thing, like from when you were younger or has it been like a more recent endeavor? I love that um, Sabine calls it a music video. It's my favorite um, uh, because <laughs> I actually approached it completely from a narrative standpoint. So I primarily um, am an actor. And so I like studied to be an actor. And like, there's this like lie that they sell to you when you're a senior in high school, where like, if you get an arts degree, then you'll like work in the arts. And that's just like, not true at all. Right. So I get to Chicago and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be an actor. And like, although that's great, I just kept coming up into these situations where like the roles I was going up for were like, they just sucked or they were like completely built around trauma or they were like written really poorly. Um, or they were like written really well, but then directed by a white person who wanted to like, who had like their own perceptions they wanted to put on it. Right. Um, and I just, I felt like I couldn't just continue to be an actor because like systemically, like we're the lowest on the totem pole. They're picked last out of production. They have the least amount of say. Um, some directors kind of treat you like a little puppet, like, like you're not even an equal collaborator. And like, that's actually industry standard, you know? So it's not like, I'm not knocking it. It just is the way it is. I'm knocking it a little bit. (laughs) Um, so a lot of our friends started to realize like, we, we need to start doing stuff ourselves. Um, and we kind of saw some of the other mediocre art that got made and we're like, well, if they can do it, like I could do it. I got an iPhone. That music video was not shot on an iPhone. It was shot on an actual camera, but like, you know, I have shot films on my iPhone and like, it's, it's just about like making do with what you have. Um, so Sabine, I've gotten the chance to work with a couple times. Um, she's so talented. We've had her, um, host events for the Muslim writers collective, which I had produced events for in the past. And then this idea came to me um, about like, there was just this like repetitious idea that we should be thankful for the, for the representation that we do have or already have. Um, And I just kept thinking about like, I don't want, like, what if, what if I didn't want to be grateful for that? Like, what if I, what if I want more? Yeah, exactly. Why should we just be happy with what we're given and just be like, oh, well, you should be grateful that we're giving you anything at all. Like what kind of mindset is that? You know, we, we don't have to just take what we're given. We can also, like you're saying, create different stuff. And I, I love the doing 10,000 things. I was asking you because I'm a Capricorn. I was like, I feel like that's something Capricorns do. And <laughs> I have so, a lot like, of lovely uh, Capricorn friends. We do 10,000 things like together. We're like type A so. and like do kind of all those like crazy things. But yeah, but it's, it's true. And I don't know. It's like the industry wants you to find yourself in one way, but they also want you to do all the things. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It and contradicts think, like, itself. Con- yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Also, like, I just started to get into, like, acting, and I really love it. But also, like, to write and, like, to write my own stuff has been such a great thing for me, like, in the past. And now I'm, like, I feel like I have more agency over, like, how I want to create a role. And, like, I want to get into directing. So it is, like, you know, you want to have more control and power, especially in industry, which, like, if you're a brown actor or an actress, especially a woman, like, you are at the very, very bottom. Like, they are, like, no, we have that one brown person that we cast until they hit, I don't know, 40. And then we have (laughs) someone else, and that's it. Exactly. And that trope of only having one of us in a play at a time, like they fulfilled their quota, which is why so much of the work that I try and do, I'm like, there's got to be more than one of us. Like there's, there's room for more than one brown femme person on stage at a time. Like let's all be in the show together, you know, like what yeah. does that look like? Um, so this cool project that I got to do with Sabine, you know, I realized that representation is not necessarily the most thrilling thing for people to talk about. So we, I kind of conceived this idea of like, what if we spoofed Ariana Grande's uh, Thank You Next music video, which has like a lot of really iconic imagery from like coming of age uh, stories that were like centered white characters, but were really iconic to me growing up, right? That I always wish I could like envision myself as at the center of, but it just like wasn't there in the 90s and the early 2000s. 
Um, so I kind of wanted to like reclaim those ideals and like reimagine it with our circumstances. Um, and we changed the lyrics and changed instead of thank you next, it's shukran bes, which in Arabic means thank you and stop or thank you enough. Um, and so that's kind of the idea came out of my mouth when I was hammered in San Francisco. And when my friends was like, we should do that. And I was like, we should do that. And then like uh, the whole community rallied and we made it happen. So that's, that's where yeah. all the best then, ideas are made. Yeah, that's basically say, why Amama and I are doing this podcast. That's true. We got drunk <laughs> at a bar and was, we became friends and that's the, those are the best ideas. Good. It involves I'm crystals glad. and alcohol. Yep. And- Crystal's like That's the rock, perfect. not the drug, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wait, like, that did sound I went like... to the drug first. I went to the drug first, and I was like, they can't mean that. I just... Oh, I my God, thank you back. for clarifying, we're, Amama. We're we meant, crystal we meant, like, <laughs> the rocks, the healing rocks here. Yes. <laughs> who, do you think, uh, who do you think our sponsor is? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been... Yeah, we just, like, end with, like, crystal meth. We're like, yeah. Yeah, brought just, to you like, by we're... crystal meth. <laughs> how I casually like threw that in like I was just a regular Tuesday night after a show <laughs> a mama gave me some crystal <laughs> I was like come on just a little bit um, people still do crystal meth I think guys so. write in if you're on crystal meth <laughs> write in I'll we want to know a place to I'm a huge proponent of of safe drugging and uh proper proper um rehab if necessary <laughs> But um, moderate everything in moderation. Wow. This was like a PSA. (laughs) What a tangent. Um, I wanted to ask. So like as things are like opening up, um, have you been like excited? Like, are you trying to like expand on like certain projects or just taking some time to like, do you not worry about like constant creating and development? The reason I ask is I like read a tweet recently too that was like, artists are constantly, especially with social media, like developing one thing after the, the next. And it is like hard to sustain that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think that I really empathize with that idea. And I think that it's, it's hard to make a living on art and like not see it as this commercial production that kind of feeds into capitalism. This like idea that you have to create to fill this void of consumption. Um, So I feel like before the pandemic, I know it feels crazy because it's only a year, right? But I really think that before the pandemic, it's been a long ass year. It's been seven, seven years, it feels like. Um, And I I really was on that, like, oh, I'm going to grind, like that grind culture. We're going to wake up. We're going to grind. We're going to do everything we got to do. We're going to, we're going to juggle 12 projects at the same time. And like, it's interesting because Shukran Best was the last project. We shot that 10 days before the shutdown. Like it was like the last project of quarantine. And like, I remember being so stressed out and like so sleep deprived doing the 10,000 things leading up to it. Um, And then we had that space, right? Like this forced pause where you weren't allowed to do anything. And I started to have like really wrestle with the idea of like, like who am I if I'm not actively creating at art? And like, who am I if I'm not an actor, if I'm not a director? And I think that that the idea that your job description is tied to your identity is something that fucks a lot of young artists up. Yeah, you're like, not, it's not what you do. It doesn't yep. have to define and you're not you. as productive. Your productivity isn't your worth either. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that this force paused really, it made me have to like reconcile with that and, and think about that. And, you know, I... There were two reasons I said yes to projects before. One is that I really wanted to do it. Okay, three. The sec- the third and most obvious is that I needed the money. But the other reason is that I thought like it would be the in-between, like saying yes to projects where I'm like, oh, I just, I'm saying yes for the connection or I'm saying yes to like build a bridge and maybe I can like ask this person for something later on, right? But I, the, those took up most of the time. It was like, I'm doing the projects, yes, to pay my rent. And then like most of the time I'm doing these projects as favors because people are asking me or because like I'm trying to get in the door to do something else. And that really leaves like 5% of my time to do the projects that I actually care about. And since pandemic happened and since I hate Zoom theater, um, I have really gotten the opportunity to say no to everything except for the thing that I was like, I really want to work on. And that means that I've only done maybe three projects in the last year, but like there are three projects that I, I really enjoyed doing. I'm really proud of. Um, and I got to put my whole heart into, and I, and I don't think I want to go back to my old way of creating. It's not for me. Um, and it could be for other people, but that's not, um, the way I want to live as an artist. So 
That's really like beautifully put. I've I'm actually like as like outdoor shows are coming back and like some indoor shows, I've had to like for a few weeks, I was like, no, no to a lot of things. And I like had to be like, don't be afraid if people don't ask you again. Like you'll still find your way doing these things. What makes you happy and comfortable right now? Because like, and that's something I think I'm going to struggle with all summer where like as things are opening and your validation, especially in stand-up sometimes is like, how many shows am I on? But I'm like, I finally got to write a pilot and now I'm working on a second one. And it's like, I didn't get to do that ever before. And I fell in love with that process. So now it's like, how can I stay to true? How can I be true to pandemic, Amama? And um, opening up again, like society me, which is difficult, but. It is. Um, yeah. something, something I fear said earlier that like really stuck out to me about like this, this idea of scarcity. Like that is that that's what drives that fear of like, well, these opportunities aren't going to be here if I don't say yes right now. And yeah. like, that isn't necessarily true because I actually think the industry is changing and it's, it's like up to us. Like we're the next generation of young artists. And when we make room for each other and when we like make room for each other's like ideas, not just like make room for you to be on my project, but like, what do you care about and how can I support you? I actually think that like, we're moving away from this idea of like transactional um, art and like moving more yeah. towards like art that actually serves the community. Hell yeah. I yeah, I think that's really beautiful. I, I think that I that's a really optimistic view. I really hope that that's the case. But I think generally speaking or overall, it still feels like, you know, what's popular, what hits with like middle America is just a watered down version of what our art is. And that always like just in meetings with like industry and having like general like meetings, it just feels like Sometimes it can be disheartening, but that's what also drives me to create other stuff because, you know, like you said, we can't wait around for these opportunities and it's beautiful to approach art that way. And I, I think I, I, I try to approach it that way. But then sometimes, like you said, you say yes to projects, either you have to say yes because it's worth the money, it's worth the connection or it's worth the experience. But if it doesn't serve any of those things, you're like, what am I doing? And I think in the beginning, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, Mama, I would like do all these like shows because you're like, yeah, I'll do anything. I've done like the craziest gigs because you're like, I need stage time. Yep. Right? Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I will, I like have, even the beginning of the pandemic, I was like on Zoom shows constantly. And then like, I was like, maybe I'll make one. And then I think like, as people were just getting tired and summer hit, I was like, okay, it's summertime. We're allowed to be outside. Go have a life. Like try, try to yeah. have some sort of semblance of a life if you can, but it's hard to not do that. It's so hard to say no when, especially as women and women of color, there's so few opportunities that come by. But I think what you're saying already, like is so true. It's just you know, I want to create all of these um, opportunities for other people, like, and especially younger brown girls who are coming up. Like, I don't think that they should have to suffer the same way that we have and the people older yeah. than us have. I like actually want to create like lines and like passages the way that white people have, but just like for our Absolutely. younger, younger people. I feel so old and I say young people <laughs> there will like always be younger people but, but you yeah. don't think about younger people when you are younger people yeah that's so true and I think that's something um that like is true and at least is like lucky enough is that like we do exist and I felt like very much when I was coming up in the uh industry that the, there weren't there wasn't this like older generation of like Arab or South Asian actors to like really look up to there was like five of them you know what I mean like it was like not as popping but like I feel like in the twenties and thirties range, there's been like a huge push of like new talent. Um, so we're seeing a lot more of like those people will grow up and get those jobs and they'll be each other's peers. So we're seeing this like influx of newer talent. And it means that like, we won't, we won't be as like scarce anymore. It won't be this like idea of, Oh, there's so few roles. Cause like everybody will be there. The talent will be yeah. there. So I hope so. <laughs> and I like what you said about forcing us to take a pause during during the pandemic. I mean, I'm ready to go back, but not in the same way. And I think all of us, like, it, at least if you have done anything in the last year, you know, you, hopefully you've at least changed your perspective on, on like, your productivity and worth mm -hmm. and all of that, like we were talking about. Um, yeah. This is off topic, but one thing I'm always interested in when, you know, so you said you're, you're, 
dad is Malaysian. I mean, Indonesian. My dad. No. My mom is. Your mom. Indonesian. Yeah. Okay. And your dad is Lebanese. Yeah. And where did they meet? Uh, oh my God. It's so stereotypical in a college MSA, Muslim student association. <laughs> That's so cute. That's, for y'all who don't well, know what that, stereotypical what that is. Stereotypical would be cousins, but they're not cousins okay, if they're not yeah. from the same background. So second, yeah. Or engineering school or something. Yeah. Muslim student association, baby. Um, at Wayne State University. I've performed at so many of those. So interesting. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yeah. That's really cute. I love that. Um, I never went to MSA because I didn't think I was allowed, but I also was like a drunk mess. Like my last two years of college, my first two years, I was really good and like good and religious. Um, but now I'm like friends with some of those girls outside. Like I ran from- away from the MSAs. Like even when I came back to like perform at MSAs, I was like, uh, no, it's so, so weird. weird. Like I've, but now I'm met- cool with it. It's great. Yeah. I, met I have one no girls- idea. I was just going to say, I have no idea if my college has an MSA and I didn't even think about it until you said it. I was like, wow. So just a real good Muslim. First of all, <laughs> I went to a Southern Baptist college in Alabama, so I, I don't think they were really. No, you didn't. No. I was the MSA. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a school in New York, a state school in New York. So there was so many brown people and it was for specifically pre-med and like it was a science school. So it was all like the the MSA was like half the campus. And then like I think white people were definitely the minority. It was kind of nice. <laughs> That's cool. Oh my yeah. god, I don't think I've ever been in a space like that. That that must have been awesome. It's like hard when that space comes, you're like, hell yeah, this is rare. This will never happen again. Um, wait, so we have a segment, um, our first segment called Fifty Shades of Brown. Where you get to answer a dating question that one of our listeners wrote in. I love that. Yay! A dating question. Great. (laughs) Um, So this week, the question is, if you are dating someone, do you tell them that, like, of the friends that you've hooked up with or about the friends that you've hooked up with? Because they might meet those friends. Hmm. Define dating, like boyfriend, like boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, like partnered, like we are mono- a monogamous, like exclusive, yeah. Or you're that. heading towards exclusivity. Yeah, that's a word. I yes, yes, for sure. And actually, in fact, like I think that I think that if I was like seeing someone and I thought that we were heading towards monogamy and they were going to meet a friend that I had hooked up with, I think I would tell them before we met, I, they met. Because I just think that, like, it's going to come out, first of yeah. all. It's going to come out. And you're going to feel stupid. Um, but I think it helps everyone feel on the same page and, like, your partner not feel like they got left out and you and this person that you hooked up with have this secret, even though it's not a big deal. So I think I would just be like, hey, you're meeting this person tonight. No big deal. But we used to hook up back in the day. It's nothing like that. But I just wanted you to know. I feel like that's the most respectful thing. And I would deeply appreciate if that happened to me. Oh, I love that answer. Yes, I would. That is actually a perfect answer. I think that's a great answer. I have I have a couple of thoughts on this. A, okay. Mama, when you first read that question, I thought you were saying, do you tell the person you're dating that you've hooked up with their friends? Oh, I that, have told okay, the so person that's I'm another, dating that I've hooked up with their friends because I've hooked up with my friends and everyone else's friends. And <laughs> so. then, wait, and then B, uh, I have not told someone in the past when they've met someone that I've hooked up with who was just a friend, but then they later found out and didn't care. But now what I would do is ask, hey, would you want to know? And there's your answer because I'm kind of like, with most stuff, it depends. I'm kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. It depends on how serious I am. I don't really want to know about a person's past. Like, I don't care, right. really. I just don't. Yeah. So it, I think it depends because some people don't want to know. So you might want to know, RD, but maybe the person that you're with is like, you know what? I wish I did not have that information. Hmm. You're so oh right. You're so right. I think that it would be super respectful to be like, would you want to know? But then wouldn't it kind of imply that it's coming up anyways? Like, well, that's why you got to get it out early on when it's like you're not going to see someone. There's like a a, a two week quarantine period between seeing someone that you hooked up with and who's also a friend and asking that question. Hmm. Hmm. This is like an important thing for me because I have honestly hooked up with a lot of my friends who I'm just like now just really like 
just friends with and I have no feelings whatsoever. Um, and when I've like dated someone seriously and I've been like, yes, like it's not a big deal. I think sometimes that's been helpful or else like, cause you don't Yeah, want that's someone. never healthy. Yeah. Cause I was with someone for a little bit who was just like, oh, like I know you hooked up in the past, but it seems like there's something going on. And it's like, there literally wasn't. I also like ended up setting up my friend with like another friend so they could date. Like I, when I stop hooking up with someone, like it's done. Like there's no feelings. And if there is someone I'm like kind of have like weird flirty feelings with out of respect, I'm not going to have that same relationship with them in the same style. But yeah. I definitely, I would definitely want to know um, just because I've done it so much. <laughs> I just feel like as I would be telling someone, they would be like, please go have sex with your friends. <laughs> this way it's even. Um, but I like the but way like, you I'm both sure put it. You have like a tiny industry there too, right? In New York. So everybody knows everybody. Like you can't yep. really get away with that kind of stuff no. stuff here either. So it's like you might as well just be up front yeah. and own it. And some of those are just an embarrassing story from another time. <laughs> you, just, you just take your L's sometimes and be like, yes, yes, I know. That was a bad <laughs> decision. So have you hooked up with someone who you've hooked up with their friends as well? Yes. Uh, I'm on my note for sure. <laughs> I was like, pull from. I, I'm on, you know, my answer, but I'm, yeah. I'm not going to broadcast it. I don't, think I, I don't think I have. And not for any like particular reason. I just don't think the opportunity ever presented itself. To be honest, you all, I've been in um, a lovely relationship with my partner for the past four years. And so like, I'm struggling to think of like what it was like to to be single because I for sure had a hoe phase and it was, <laughs> but it was way earlier in my 20s uh, how long and have now, you been together um almost four years now oh, hell yeah. and, and you know pandemic is like make it or break it like are you going to be with this person oh or not you have to spend yeah. all this time with them yeah um and actually I realized that I didn't like I, we weren't seeing each other enough before like he was on this crazy grind schedule and I was on this crazy grind schedule and then we had to like sit down and play video games for a year. And we were like, Oh my God, we get along so well. We should just Yay. stay at home and play video games all <laughs> oh, the time. That's awesome. Um, so it was like, it was really nice, but that was another, that was like actually realizing how lucky I was, was part of the reason I was like, Oh my God, the amount of work I was doing before was unhealthy. Like it yeah. was to the point where I, I'm seeing my, my partner that I live with six hours a week. That's, that's crazy. Like oh, that's insane. Wow. Yeah, like there, we is. would just miss each other. We would just miss each other. Like, you know what I mean? I would work in the day. He would work at night and we would just pass each other. And then like, what does he do for a okay. living? Is he also an artist or a doctor? <laughs> he is. <laughs> On a crazy schedule. A doctor. He is a doctor? Um, you know, he's played a doctor. Um, does that count? <laughs> he's an <and> actor? <laughs> he is. Yes. He's an actor. And um, he's actually, he owns and runs a professional acting training company called Black Box. Oh, that's so cool. um, and yeah, so he's the artistic director of that and he co-runs it with two other people. They're also like our age in the community. They just took over this great business and um, they're doing a lot to make arts education more accessible in Chicago. So super proud of him. Um, wow. And he's been, you know, na- navigating, teaching online classes, teaching in-person classes back when that was like, you know, not like a thing like it was crazy strenuous when we first opened back up um then went digital for a while and they're about to start teaching in-person classes again so that's cool so you didn't meet on an msa no we did not we met um in around from the in the industry i saw him in a show he saw me in a show it's very classic actor Yep. <laughs> we danced around each other for some time while we were dating other people. And then it just finally was time. But yeah, I remember seeing him on stage and being like, oh my God, I think I'm in love with this person. Like Yay! knowing nothing about them. And then I met him and I was like, can confirm. <laughs> That's awesome. I is he a fellow that. brown person or is he a... Yeah, he's black. Oh, oh Hell yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that counts. They're, for some they kind of got their own category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, as long as it's not, I go, as long as it's not a white man. I don't know. I mean, even if. It, yes. No, if that it, would yeah, just no. Um We'll forgive um, you. Yes, I, I stopped dating <laughs> white men and white women, actually, quite a, quite a long time before I started dating. Eric. Oh, which is worse. That, that venture. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because like dating white women is like, okay, great. We like, we do get to greet on, on a lot of stuff and like, they're just generally less 
dickish than men. Like men are just idiots. Um, but then on the flip side, it's the like, I'm oppressed too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the same way. Um, it's like the Bill Burr, yeah. like <laughs> monologue. That's yeah. an old monologue about white. It's so, fun. Actually, wait, so why white women specifically? You know, like it's, it, it's just like dating white people in general can be complicated. No matter right, what right, their right. gender is, dating white people in general can be complicated. I feel, yeah. But I was very That's embarrassed. I got to dating a man for way too long before I realized he didn't believe in white privilege. And I was, after that moment, I, I was too embarrassed and I was like, I can't, I can't put myself in this situation again. I thought I knew That's better. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Oh, felt- you know what I mean? It was so hard and it was so, it really like took, I felt like almost like years of my mental health because we would get into these fights where I was just like, do I mean nothing to you? And then I had to like reevaluate why I'm trying to like um, prove my existence to some some white man. But recently um, I wanted to, like, I saw this girl and I was like, oh my God, she's like gorgeous. And I like, like have never really asked a woman out before, but I really wanted to. And I like told one of my best friends and he was like, oh my God, a white girl. And his like whole thing wasn't like, he was just, he wasn't even like, oh, this is the first time you're telling me that you want to like ask out a woman. He was like, I'm disappointed that it's a white woman. And I was like, no, you don't get to be disappointed. You're a white man. Like this is, this is not like That's your That's not fight for, to your, fight. for you exactly. to be disappointed about. Yeah. But it's, it is, it wasn't a complicated thing where I like told one of my other friends and she was like, oh, like, no, this girl seems really cool. And she seems like she would get it. But it, it, it's hard, I think, with white people in general to... Listen, um, let me just put out there. Some of my best friends are white, okay? It's fine. <laughs> it's cool, guys. It's totally fine. Yeah, and, and like, it's... I, I don't know. I it, it To me, like, you're a better person than I am because at least you, like, fought with your white partner at the time and, like, tried to establish some sort of, like, semblance so of, much, like, mutual respect. too much fighting. No, I think you probably had it right. I... No, I didn't. I didn't even do that. I honestly like heard it, realized we had been dating for too long for me to not realize this and like, or not to have this conversation and was like embarrassed and like quietly made a plan to like break up with them and exit from the relationship. Um, it was, yeah. And so like after then I've just been like a little traumatized. And so I'm not saying I haven't like fucked around with white yeah, people. Be, like yeah. that's, that's different, but you can't put your emotions on the line because like ultimately like at the end of the day, I felt like it was too big of a barrier to cross. That's not yeah. to say that there aren't brown people I know who have like very successful relationships with white people, but they put the work in and like I wanted more of a shorthand. Yeah. Um, and I do think yes, it's like a that's miss. exactly it. Like you don't want to sit there and have to like bring them up to speed on racial yeah. injustice. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think it's a kind of like a or mis- anything. Mis- I mean, privilege. In a general, misnomer. To- yeah. Yeah. Or to even think that, like, even two brown people, like, wouldn't of different cultures or, like, around a black person, like, we had to navigate a lot, like, yeah. when we first started dating and, like, the assumption that we both would just get the other person definitely was present because there is that assumption that, like, oh, if, if you are any sort of black indigenous person of color, then, like, you inherently understand the struggles of the other person. And that just, like, isn't true. No. But also, it kind of, it, it's really unfair to us because it just generalizes the idea that every brown and black person have the same needs. When, in fact, like, we are all individuals and we yeah. all would like racial sensitivity and a relationship to be treated differently. So, And also, um, like, within our own, like, culture, there's so much anti-blackness and there's so much, like, there's just, like, culture to culture. Like, I, I've been hooking up with someone who is like Hispanic and it's just like that in itself like there's things that we've talked about about like little like small things that he might say or that I might say and you're like oh wow there is so much learning to do so it's like there's learning to do in every relationship and it just sometimes just gets more complicated when there's other factors involved but at the same time it's not like even like if I was with a South Asian dude there's there's going to be like things that we are absolutely going to need to work on Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as someone who's biracial, like I, I've never, I've always been in an interracial relationship because I don't know any other Indonesian or Lebanese people um, uh, that are available for me to date at the moment. Um, so, so it's one of those things where even when you talk about like racial identity and coming into your knowing, like I had to sort out what that relationship was and what it meant to be from two different cultures and of a third culture, like being race American. Um, and like what that meant about bringing that into the relationship, right? Because like that that is baggage that you carry um, mm-hmm. into how how other people perceive you, any relationship, friendship, whatever. Um, and I think that that has been something that's been like 
I've been navigating with the help of some other biracial friends because I do think it's a weird intersection. It's, it's important to, uh, to talk about, yeah, and the yeah. third culture thing, you know, it's hard enough to do that. Plus, like, you are really coming from so many different, like, backgrounds. Then you think, like, people, first of all, people don't even understand the difference between, like, Middle Eastern, South Asian, Pakistani, Palestinian. They don't, it's yeah. like, whatever, it's all the same. So people yeah. are probably listening, like, or some people, you know, they might not understand that the cultures are different. There is some overlap and they don't understand that you can be Arab and Christian and Muslim and not Arab. And like, you know, yeah. people just don't, don't get it. Um, but it's cool that you know, your parents already sort of broke that barrier with not going with kind of the expected or this person of the same exact cultural background. But did they have any expectations for you like growing up of like being with anyone like either Muslim or like anything so my parents are divorced and <laughs> I got divorced when I was a kid and my mom remarried to, um, a Trinidadian, uh, my stepdad's Trinidadian. And so like, like long story short, no, because our, our family's always been super multicultural. Um, mm-hmm. and like, just in addition to that, like another one of my Lebanese cousins is also half Trinidadian. So like, it's we so just, cool. we, so, yeah. we have like a bunch of random mixed people in our, in our family. And like, there's just never been any expectation of like, who I should or should not end up with, which I'm really grateful. Oh, for you're so lucky. Not what it's, I'm not, it's not what it's like in a lot of, that's so nice. Households, what is um, that like? Muslim households. I, um, it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been a journey, but I think that like, even with being Muslim and getting my parents to, to accept that, like, I, I might not have a Muslim wedding and like, they might just have to be okay with that. You know, um, was your stepdad Muslim? he converted to marry my mom very old fat like you know what i mean like that is that generation very right. old fashioned yeah. it's like, like you have we're to gonna do, do this respect. yeah yeah it's, I, it's I, you know. so wild though because like i my mom has just been like sending me these like dating profiles of just like pakistan if you're seeing these like pakistani <laughs> dudes who are really traditional and it's like i don't know what news to break to her first but i am like not super religious or that i want a relationship where i can like maybe be a little bit more open to like men and women or that like, I just don't even want a wedding. So it's just been like little like tidbits here and there. I'm like, well, if I got married, it would just be like, you know, like a small ceremony. And then like I saw her recently and I was like, I wouldn't necessarily need to marry a Muslim person, but each year that I get older, she's like, okay, fine. As long as you just get married. I think that's when like I hit 31 and she was like, whatever the fuck you want, just, just put a ring on it, which is still not going to happen. You know, we could say to them, like, the I Muslim mean, answer is, like, you like it's nasib, you know, it's just destiny, it's fate, it's whenever God, God's <laughs> will, nasib, yes. you know, it's That's out of true. my hands, sorry. It'll happen when it's my risqa, my mama was exactly. so just throw it back in her face. <laughs> um, well, I know we've talked a lot about different different races of white people. Um, we actually have a segment called Keeping Up with the Caucasians. <laughs> So this is a segment where we talk about things that white people do and whether we as people of color also do these things. Um, so if you've listened to the podcast, you said, as you say, <laughs> no, no. Tell me every category there is. No. I, I feel like you're actually such a nerd because I studied. Um, I like went and listened to your podcast oh before God. coming on. I was like, this like is the, the brownest thing. <laughs> This is the brownest thing I've ever done. I was like, I'm going to be on this interview. I need to prepare. But you all have like a lot of lovely artists that I'd already been fans of. So it was like amazing to get to hear more about like their life. Like, oh, yay. Um, so it's great. Um, but yes, I did study. Don't worry. I'll pass the test. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's really no failing or passing unless you're really white. No, um, but <laughs> we're trying to reach across the aisle and, you know, break Wonder Bread together so these are the <laughs> categories that we have we've got food slash beverage pop culture tv activities style slash clothes mm. phrases or sayings and miscellaneous so many of those things seem fun um i would go with like style or activities whichever one you feel your heart desires okay um let's go with maybe we'll start with the activities yeah. have you ever instagrammed your latte I don't think so. Not even with the, not even <laughs> with, with the, the cute heart? foam art. <laughs> not with the foam. I, I was like, ooh, cute. But like, no, I just. Have you thought it. about I don't it? Think I've you hesitated. 
I'm, I was genuinely, I was thinking about my Instagram feed. I was like, don't be a liar because they can check. <laughs> a story <laughs> counts too, but we can't, we can't check your stories. Yeah. That's what Thea's going to do after the podcast is check, check I'm checking right now. I'll take out my phone. I don't care. <laughs> I think Let's the reason this. I thought about it is because I actually can't think about the last time I didn't get a coffee to go. Like, so I can't oh, think yeah. about the last time I saw the inside like of my coffee, but also like even, even before the pandemic, like I like the big, beautiful, like glasses that when you'd sit inside and enjoy a coffee, never got. Okay. But what about even your own Ooh. latte? Because I've been tempted to do that because <laughs> so instead Girl, I just send it you, to my mom. <laughs> do you take cute. a picture of, do you have cute coffee? Cause I don't, my coffee that I make at home looks like my garbage. Like <laughs> so cute. I'll make you some cute coffee if you come over. <laughs> I will. Next you time I'm in NYC. I'll make you my, I got, I have a little electric foamer. I have like oh my cinnamon. God. I have all sorts of different milks. You do. Yeah. I, have I a, haven't. I have like three different coffee makers and stuff. Yeah. I'm not even, co- I'm not like a, I don't know. That's I don't know what amazing. I am. I was going to say I'm not coffee. a coffee snob, but it sounds like I am, but, but I'll drink anything also. Yeah. I um, would always try to take pictures of my latte and I'm a terrible picture taker, especially <laughs> for food. Like I I got these little mini uh, bread things that aren't really bread, but they look like tiny little sandwiches. And I was like, oh my God, I want to take a picture of this just to show everyone how little it is. And I just couldn't even do that. And I gave up. So like I've tried, <laughs> I definitely have tried. When I lived in Providence, I would, I had time for coffee and sitting inside a coffee shop. And I never, ever, ever got those pictures right. So I am guilty. I'm looking through my photos because I probably have a very recent picture of my coffee. But again, I I refuse to actually post it on Instagram. I don't want to be one of those people. But I have been tempted. Um, But yeah. Honestly, I need to get my coffee game like yours. If it was that good, maybe I would be be more tempted to post it. It's so easy. Just hit me up after this. It's so easy to just make your own you know, really good latte and not pay like a thousand dollars a cup for it. Mm. But that is, the and you know, I feel like if it's homemade, you can Instagram it. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Cause you know, mama's it's like, it's, it's on, okay. It's like, on no. the fence. Okay, yeah. Great. I feel like we're <laughs> even though like, as I like all year I made samosas. Here we go. Here we go. Them, friends. Different. What is that? That's is a- that just a circle? <laughs> <laughs> What art is that? It looks like a hole. No, no, it's not art. I just meant this is not good. This was not an attempt at art. It just tastes really good. It's foamy, sweet cream. Ask Sabine. She's had it. It just looks like a big hole in the middle. It's like a bubble coffee thing. Is is that there's a picture of coffee on my phone. Yeah, well, I thought thought you were showing off your coffee art. No, 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 no. I I make no claims to be a coffee artist or foam artist uh, by any stretch. I just mean that it tastes good. All right, well. It doesn't look great. Well, you passed the test. I believe you. I will take your word for it. You passed the test. Okay, we'll do, and then we'll do one more. You passed the test for sure, more than I did. Um, what was the other thing you said, miscellaneous? Style. Style? style. Oh, yeah, style slash clothes. Thrift stores. Do you do it? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Is that a white person thing? Oh, man. If, the, if that's a white person thing, then every brown person I know is white. So this is like, <laughs> I, this has come up before stores. as a debatable topic. So I feel like, and ask ask your Lebanese side, ask your South Asian side. I think they'll give you two different answers because I think the Arabs are like, oh, no, you don't thrift or whatever. And then like, then they're, unless they like secretly do that. And mm. I feel like my other like brown friends are like, no, it's like totally something me, my mom do. Like Sabine's like her and her mom go to Goodwill and she's like, her mom, but she jokes about how her mom calls it GW, like. <laughs> just a bit of it. <laughs> like a real like a real store like not good or it's like GW. you know on the dl like gw you want to go to gw you know <laughs> i think I people definitely that. do that but they also like coupon like crazy if they go to like macy's or anything right that's how i consider that thrifting too like i, right. I, I like, honestly shocked. it kind of yeah. is because i end up paying less at those stores than i would at a thrift shop or a mm-hmm. vintage shop or something but i guess the whole point is that we're recycling and not like adding to more uh you know waste of clothes and all that and in the industry yeah it, it being sustainable is really awesome but also like 
all the, we love a good deal. I don't know, man. Asians yeah. love a good deal. And I like, love a good deal. I, I, I have to say that my Asian side of the family leans into that hard. Like, you know, yeah. we, we love a coupon and we like thrift coupons. stores are just like, you can, you can get the stuff for the thriftiest. Um, yeah. so funny that you think it's a white person thing though, because I do go to the white people neighborhoods in Chicago, like the bougiest ones. I'm like, where are your thrift stores? <laughs> well, well, maybe it's more like vintage shops and it really depends where, because when I was, um, visiting in LA and I was doing like shows out there. Like, I mean, me and Sabine went to these like vintage shops and they were insanely expensive for like nothing. And I was like, Oh God. So like, who's buying this stuff? It's not, uh, it's not brown people buying seven, paying $700 for something that has also been worn like that. I don't think we can wrap our head around. Yeah. That I think is vintage. Like, yeah. Sorry. What were you going to say? The entire concept of vintage, I think, is like a white person thing. Like yeah. brown people just be like, that's just old. Like that's just yep. old shit. Like, you know, like that's not, Yeah, it's not shoe vintage. Like why? Like why would we call it vintage? Um, no, I, there's a shop right near me that's like, I was like, oh my God, it's like a, it's like advertised as a thrift shop. And I was so excited. And I went in and everything was like hundreds of dollars. And I was like, oh no, no way. <laughs> This has been so much fun, though. I actually, I want you to come to New York. Um, I Teach feel us like we boxing. All... We didn't even talk about boxing, too. Yeah. I want us to go, like... Boxing. We should, like, go... Oh, I I love... Um, I used to go to a boxing studio, uh, and I loved it, and I can't go anymore because, obviously, everything is, like, shut down. But, um, yeah, you should come to New York, and we can, like, get drinks. This is, like, yeah. the last few guests that we've had. We've, like, met up with them in person it's been really nice it has That's awesome. basically just become friends especially with like fellow brown gal pals and yeah it's been awesome absolutely i'm gonna have to come out there and see one like y'all shows i know that you all both do stand, stand up and yeah so hopefully a mama we'll get to see your pilot soon hopefully and inshallah. you know it'll be inshallah, yeah, it'll inshallah. All be great. hell yeah but Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And where can people find you? Um, Instagram at RT is Hawk. All one word. Squished together. Love it. And you can find me at Ethereum on Instagram. Clubhouse. We're doing a weekly show with Sabine uh, called Spice Jam. A mama just did it. And uh, you can follow me on all the things at Ethereum and follow the pod at No Flyless Pod. And you can follow me at Amama Sardar on everything. I've been tweeting a lot. I don't know why. Yeah, follow her tweets are hilarious. <laughs> it's so um, much fun. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, here's to meeting up in person. Thanks. Yes, absolutely.